G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. The story. The reason that we left our country is because there was the civil war between the tribe of the Hutu and also the Tutsi. So in the camp, in a refugee camp in Tanzania, there were the Hutu and also the Tutsi. So sometimes because I am mixed blood. So if you are mixed blood, you were rejected by both sides. So it was a very easy to be targeted by both sides. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, if you grew up in a part of the world where you experienced hardships and persecution, you'd probably not have any strong desire to return there. However, that is exactly what Jean-Claude feels led to do. Jean-Claude was born in Burundi, Africa in 1979, spent time in a refugee camp in Tanzania before arriving in Australia in 2004. While here, he became a pastor, and despite the persecution and hardships he experienced growing up, he felt led to go back to Africa to serve in a place that he'd never been to before. Jean-Claude is sharing his story with Karen Hunt. I was born in Burundi. 1979. Mm-hmm. Burundi is in the middle of Africa. Our neighboring country is Rwanda. And uh, Burundi and Rwanda used to be one country. But be, after that was uh, divided by the Belgium. So Rwanda and the Burundi, we have uh, the same problem. Yeah. I was born in 1979. And I was raised by a non-Christian family. My family are not Christians. And uh, my parents divorced when I was uh, nearly 10 years. And uh, in 1993, when uh, the civil war began in my country, because they were the fighting between the tribe of the Hutu mm-hmm. and the tribe of the Tutsi. So for you, it's very hard to understand how Christian Hutu killed the Tutsi or, uh, or how the Tutsi killed the Hutu. You know, it's very, very hard to understand. And then my older brother was killed. And after two years, my sister died due to sickness. She was sick and my mom didn't have money to buy the medicine for her. Did you just have one sibling or other brothers and sisters? Uh, no, I have one brother and one mm-hmm. sister. Okay. And my mom didn't have money to buy the medicine uh, for her. And then she died. The suffering of my family was uh, very heavy mm. on my heart mm. because uh, I didn't want to see my mom become as a beggar because of my uh, my sister and sure. uh, my young brother. Mm-hmm. So then I started to drink alcohol and uh, smoke drugs because uh, I was uh, seeking something to help me to don't see our suffering. And how old were you at this time? When I started to smoke drugs, uh, from 13. Mm. Yes. From 13 until when, until 1999. And were they easily accessible at that age? Uh, no. Because uh, I was a sick something to help me to don't see that. So 
then I didn't find anything could help me to don't see that suf- suffering. So my life was a mess. And my heart was far from God. And I remember in 1999, I was sick. And one of my friends came to visit me. His name is Jean-Claude Ndeshimia. The same name as me. Because Jean-Claude is the common name in my country, Burundi. Uh-huh. Yep. And uh, when he came to visit me, he didn't know that uh, you know I was sick. you know. And uh, we talked. I was open to him. I started to tell him about my story, you know. And then he said to me, because Jean-Claude was a good Christian. And then he said to me, Jean-Claude, God love you, but you need to repent of your sins. And I said to him, I wanted to repent my sins, but I don't know how to pray because I am not a Christian. And uh, when I repented of my sins. I had peace on my heart, the peace that I didn't have before. Because before I became a Christian, sometimes we had one meal a day. And every time when I see, I saw our suffering, you know, I was shocked. But when I became a Christian, when we had something to eat, or when we didn't have something to eat, I had peace and joy. Mm. Jean-Claude, you just mentioned one meal a day, maybe. Now, you're already a teenager. Yes. Just rewinding to your childhood years, though, is that the same in that season of your life? Uh, Regular meals, healthy, normal family life. What did that look like? Help us understand. Yes, because in Africa, there is a big gap between the poor and the rich. Mm -hmm. The rich are becoming every day richer and the poor are becoming mm. poor every day. You know, there's an Australian song, many people know the rich get richer, the poor get the picture. Mm. That seems to fit, yes? Yes. And then because my mom didn't have any kind of job and uh, the person who was uh, trying to help us was uh, my uncle. Because like you said earlier, your parents had divorced, yeah? Yes. Okay. When I was uh, nearly 10 years. Mm -hmm. So your uncle had an influence? Yes. uh, My uncle was uh, working full time and um, was uh, trying to help help us. But uh, sometimes it was uh, hard for him because uh, he had a big family. But later he passed away and uh, the life was uh, very hard for us. But... uh, I thank God because uh, we didn't die and uh, now we're still alive. With lots of cousins by the sound of it too. Yes, cousin. Are they here in Australia as well no. or they're back in Africa? Uh, they are still living in a refugee camp. In, in Burundi? In Burundi, yes. Mm. Yeah. Tell us about your schooling, your education. Was that a part of your journey? I finished my primary school and uh, at that time we didn't pay too much money. We pay a uh, little money, like a contribution. And uh, I spent seven years secondary school. I was helped by my uncle Vincent and uh, I finished a diploma in agriculture in Burundi. And uh, after one year, because of the civil war, because of the fighting, people killed each other. So uh, we left our country. I went to Tanzania refugee camp. 
And how long were you in that refugee camp for? I spent about five years in the refugee camp. Mm. Can you describe that for us? What was that like? Uh, the life was uh, very tough in the refugee camp because uh, we live in the tent. And uh, every fortnight, each person received about five kilo of maize grain mm-hmm. and uh, about six kilo of maize meal. And then sometimes we got uh, oil, sometimes we didn't get. And uh, if we want to cook, we need to go to the bush to get the wood. And is this within the confines of the refugee camp? Yes. Okay. And if you wanted to go outside of the camp, you needed to get the permission from Mm -hmm. the Tanzania government. Mm -hmm. So if you don't get uh, the permission, if you go outside and if they cut you, they cut you outside of the camp, uh, you can spend about six months in the prison, in the Mm -hmm. jail. So Mm -hmm. the life was very, uh, very heavy. Uh, very tough in the refugee camp. Was it crowded? Are we talking lots and lots and lots of African people? Or? In the refugee camp? Mm. Um, when I was there, there were about 600,000. Really? Yes. In what in size? Different, in um, in different, there were different camp. Uh, there were about maybe 10. Different, different refugee camp. Okay. I was in a Mutendeli refugee camp. And we were in one camp which I was in. We were about 65,000. 65,000 people. I can't even imagine. Mm. Can, can I ask you, was God a part of your life? Was faith a part of your life in any capacity at this time? Did you have a hope or were you feeling I don't have hope. None at all. I don't have hope. Mm -hmm. And uh, I didn't see that God is love. Because I was asking different questions to myself. If God is love, why I lost most of my families, Mm -hmm. the civil war. Mm -hmm. You know. So I didn't have hope when I was in a refugee camp. Most of the refugees who were living there, they didn't have hope. So what kept you going day by day? Ah, very hard to say. I don't know how I can say that. But now I can see that God has a plan in my life. Did you have a goal at all in mind during that time? No, I didn't have any goal. Because I didn't I didn't see my future. You're listening to the story. Today, Karen Hunt is chatting with Jean-Claude, who was born in Burundi, Africa, and was a refugee in Tanzania before eventually migrating to Australia. We'll find out how God gave him a hope and a future when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. We're back with Karen Hunt chatting with Jean-Claude, who was born in Burundi, Africa, and was a refugee in Tanzania. Before the break, we heard how Jean-Claude was at a point of despair while living in the refugee camp. 
Next, we'll hear how things turn around in his life. So when you can't see a future, when you can't see any light and you're in a dark place, something has to happen to create change. What was the catalyst of change that came to you? Because the life was uh, very tough in the camp. What I was uh, planning was uh, just uh, to go um, in Dar es Salaam, the, uh, in the city in mm-hmm. Tanzania, and uh, to see if I can get a job. I can get a job and um, help my family. So you were thinking of solutions. So that was a yes. Uh huh. And did that happen? Didn't happen. After that, because I didn't get a job, I went to the UNHR to tell them about my problem. Because in a refugee camp, the reason that we left our country is because there was the civil war between, um, the tribe of the Hutu and also the Tutsi. So in the camp, in a refugee camp, in different camp, in Tanzania, uh, people didn't have a peace. Because in the camp, they were um, the Hutu and also the Tutsi. So sometimes, because I am mixed blood. So we were, if you are mixed blood, you were rejected by both sides. Mm. But the Hutu and also by the Tutsi. So it was a very easy to be target by both sides. Yeah. So after that, we went to the UNHR. So you're talking about the United Nations. Yes, correct. Right? Yes, to explain about our problems. Uh-huh. So that is how, how I came here to Australia. Because I didn't have insecurity in the camp, so they were trying to protect me, to bring me here to what Australia. Blessing. Yes, yeah. They're on your side. Mm. Fantastic. Yes. Was that a long process? Uh, yes, it took two years to come here. Was it just yourself that came alone to Australia or other members of your family as well? Me and my younger brother. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I became a Christian, I didn't have the plan that God has on my life. And uh, I came here in 2004. And uh, when I came here, I didn't have any desire to go back to Africa. Because when I was there, I didn't have hope. My own focus was just uh, to start a family, to get a job, and also to support my mom who was still living in Africa. Mm. So that was my own focus. Mm-hmm. But later, the 3rd of July 2004, I had a dream from Jesus. And Jesus said, Jean-Claude, I love you. I brought you here to be trained by me. And then I am going to send you back to Africa, near to your own country. Then I am going to send you back to your own country. Don't be afraid. Yes, Jesus said, don't be afraid. I'll be with you. But you need to go to the Bible college to learn more about me. And uh, when I wake up, I was uh, very upset. And I said, no, this is not Jesus. How God can send me back to Africa? And uh, if I am going there, who is going to support my family, my mom? And uh, how I am going to survive? So 
after six months, I received different prophecy. You know, people prophesied to me, but I didn't believe it. But later in 2006, I was uh, watching a television. I saw one of the program of all the vision. I saw about 200 African kids on the queue. They were waiting to get food from some missionary who were working in Africa. And when I saw that program, I was uh, unhappy because that program was uh, reminding me how I grew up. Mm -hmm. I was uh, very upset. And then I turned off the television. When I turned off the television, I asked to myself, when God is going, is going to have a pity on us. After two hours, I turned on the television. It was the same program. And then I turned off the television. And when I went to sleep, it was about half past two. I had another dream from Jesus. And Jesus said, Jean-Claude, I brought you here to be trained by me. And then I'm going to send you back to Africa to give you hope to the African people, to give you hope to my people. Don't be afraid. And the people, they are going to see my power for you. But you need to go to the Bible college to learn more about me. And uh, when I wake up, I said to myself, maybe God wanted to use me. And then I said, when I prayed, I was asking God to give me a sign that he wanted to use me. And when I prayed, I said, God, I was born in a, an Christian family and uh, in a very poor family. No one in my family used to be a leader. So help me to start a congregation. Then I'm going to see if you want to use me. And after two weeks, my senior pastor, Anthony Hood, uh, he was uh, the senior pastor of Udridge Baptist Church. Mm -hmm. And uh, he came to visit me. It was a Friday morning. He came to my place and they said to me, Jean-Claude, what uh, do you want to do in the future to serve the Lord? And I said to him, I want to uh, plant a church, to start a church. And uh, he said, when do you want to start a congregation? And I said to him, if it is possible, on Sunday, in two days. Wow. And then he said, okay, on Saturday, I am going to give you the key and the P number to use our building. So on Saturday, I started to go to tell people that on Sunday, we're going to start a congregation. Yep. I was uh, about, I was nearly 24 years. And on Sunday, I started a congregation and uh, we were about five persons. At the age of 24. <laughs> 24 years. And uh, that was the sign that God showed me that he wanted to use me. I thank God because the church still exists and the church is growing because we are now more than 150 people in the church. So this is how I became the senior pastor of all nations revival church. And uh, three years ago, I was uh, registered as a Baptist minister. And uh, two, years, uh, two years ago, I finished my degree in uh, ministry, bachelor in ministry. And also in two years, I was accepted as a candidate with the global interaction. So that's a ministry of the Baptist church? Yes. Uh -huh. And uh, next year, we are going back to Africa, to Malawi as a church planter. So we are going to Mangochi. Uh, the population who live in Mangochi, most of them are Sunni Muslims. 85, 87% are Sunni Muslims. Mm. And um, for me, I am very happy to go back to Africa, to give hope to the African people. But most of all, 
my friends, African people, they see me as crazy to go back to Africa. They don't understand how I'm going with my kids to live there. So when you say we, you're talking about your lovely wife. How many children? I have uh, one boy and the three girls. One boy. And the three girls. Three girls. Your wife's name is? Joyce Sifuraha. Joyce. So Jean-Claude and Joyce, your kids, your African friends here in Australia think you're crazy. Yeah. But mm. you know in your heart of hearts mm. you're returning to your mother country yes. because God said so. Have you worked with other Muslim people within your community before? No, but in Tanzania we lived with Muslims. Mm -hmm. We lived together. Yes. So that's not totally foreign to you. Yes, yeah. How do your family feel about where they're going? Uh, my wife is very happy because uh, she was born in a refugee camp. She spent more than 20 years mm. in a refugee camp. Mm. And when she was there, she didn't have hope. Yeah. And uh, we are very happy to go back to our people to share God's grace with them. Did you meet Joyce here? Yes, I met Joyce in the church. Uh-huh, in your yeah. church? Yes, my God's church, church yeah. that you planted. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah? <laughs> Yes, I was uh, the person that uh, she was uh, singing in the choir. Beautiful. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so again, the both of you know that God truly is calling you back to Africa. You share such a passionate love of mm. God and people. What are your hopes and dreams for the church you're leaving behind here? First, I believe that God is with us. Mm -hmm. And also we have the associated pastor, the person mm -hmm. who is going to take over. Uh, my role is very humble. Mm -hmm. He loves God. And um, uh, there is a unity in the leadership team. So you so trust that we'll be fine? I believe, yes, because God is with us. And yeah. so hopes and dreams for your involvement with global interaction? Is it church planting that you're doing again? Yes. So you're planting a church? Yes. Because in Malawi, I'm going to establish the new churches. Mm -hmm. So I am going to start for zero, for, yeah, for zero. And do you already have connections and a support network to go to? Uh, because of the, uh, the global interaction, there are people who uh, are already there. They are uh, about uh, more than 17 years they are there. So I am going to join other missionaries who are working in Malawi. And continue to grow yes. churches in yes. that area. Yeah. Yeah. And have you been to Malawi before? No. It's a new country for yes, you? Yes, no country. But it's in the continent of Africa, mm. where you're from. It's very exciting. Ah, yes. Well, that was Karen Hunt chatting with Jean-Claude, who was born in Burundi, Africa, and was a refugee in Tanzania before moving to Australia. But as we heard, he now has been led to return to Africa to serve in a country he had never been to before, Malawi. It took a bit longer than he expected to get there, but the latest report is that he eventually did, and it is part of a successful but challenging ministry there. And I think we can all relate to challenges in our lives, of feeling led by God to do something that we'd rather not do, but it's at times like these that we need to trust in the Lord, that he knows best and has good, sometimes challenging things in store for us. As it says in the Bible, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Also, those who know your name trust in you. For you, O Lord, do not abandon those who search for you. 
Well, thanks for joining us for Jean-Claude's story. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. The book A Garden in My Heart, I refer to our heart as being a garden and shared the concepts of sowing and reaping. And if we want good fruit in our lives, we need to sow good seeds that produce that and pull out weeds like jealousy and bitterness that we don't want there and made it into a picture to help children understand. Nikki Rogers is an author and illustrator of several children's books inspired by her desire to teach important life lessons and spiritual truths to her own children. We'll find out the stories behind her children's books next time. The Story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life. This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.